Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Starcast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. Today, we ring in 2021 with news of a big brouhaha in Swabia as VfB Stuttgart are beset by a bout of infighting. We check in on the Bundesliga escalating their plan to give everyone a one-goal head start against Bayern. Narrator, it still didn't work. There's a bit of a Jaden Sancho renaissance in Dortmund, another defeat for Schalke, and Leverkusen bowing out of the title race. All of that and more in Stahlcast. Today, Christoph Biermann and I are joined by our Stuttgart correspondent Oliver Trust. But before we dive into Team Swabia Civil War, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to The Athletic for just $3.99 a month at the moment. Go to theathletic.com slash pod to sign up. Oliver and Christoph, I think we have to start with um, with Stuttgart-Leipzig. Not because it was the most important and most exciting game. Leipzig just about squeezed through 1-0 after Ima Forsberg had a fantastic penalty saved by Korbel and Goal. But because of the wider Stuttgart intrigue. Um, for those who are perhaps not across the story that much, uh, Oliver, can you quickly give us an overview of what's happening there with a bit of a civil war brewing? Uh, behind the scenes, or not so behind the scenes, actually, in front of the scenes. It, it was brewing behind the scenes till last week um, when uh, the local TV station or the, the TV station of the state Baden-Württemberg uh, revealed that uh, Thomas Hitzelsberger is trying to become president in March when elections are on, on um, in March, March 18th and um, somehow push out the current president, Klaus Vogt. You need to know that uh, Klaus Vogt is the president of the of the, the Verein, meaning all sections besides the professional football uh, section. And Thomas Hitzelsberger is the head of the, the outsourced uh, professional part. And... Um, in, in the regulation, it says that the president is controlling 
or has a seat in the board and is controlling the, the professional section, which refers to uh, to the laws of in, in German football, this 50 plus one that the majority of the shares has to be uh, with the club and, and the club um, must control the shares or the majority, majority of the shares. And that makes uh, things uh, difficult. Right. So what's the, what's the problem between uh, those two then? Well, the problem is, is Klaus Vogt and uh, another former coach, Rainer Adrian, who is in the, in the board controlling the, the, the outsourced uh, section. They have a controlling task and they, they every now and then ask what's going on. Why is the budget? Uh, why did you go over your budget uh, lines by nine millions? Why do we spend so much money? And uh, the big thing behind is this so-called data affair. When in 2017, the club gave the data of about 40,000 40, members to an agency outside to run, uh, to help to run a campaign uh, to convince members um, to accept the outsourcing of the professional footballers. This affair has been revealed by Kicker, by the sports magazine for the first time, and now investigations are going on. There are many people in the club who obviously have been involved, but don't talk about it. And there are many people in the club who have something to lose. So maybe, you know, more or less the entire uh, leadership uh, level um, is somehow involved in this uh, data affair. And uh, that's why, and the current president, Klaus Vogt, he um, started investigations made by, by outside law, lawyers And that's what uh, many people in the club don't like. This so-called data scandal uh, that precedes uh, the arrival of, of Thomas Hitzesberger, doesn't it? Yeah, but he was in the club in several, um, in several jobs. And um, of course, he might, not have, he might have known about it, but he, he might not have been in charge um, at that time. But many people he's working together with at the moment are highly involved in this and mm-hmm. um, they don't want obviously that's what Klaus Vogt the current president says they don't want this uh, to come to light. Well Thomas Hitzelsberger released a, a an open letter to the members explaining why it is that he's standing for president and I think we should perhaps explain that in Germany unlike unlike normal elections it's very unusual to actually have two candidates. German democracy in clubs usually goes only as far as having one yeah. candidate that everyone supports and then he gets well, 89 or 90%. Yeah, well, there is a, the VfB Stuttgart. They can have two candidate, candidates for the election and there is a, some board selecting these guys. And the, the problem with, well, until the end of January, they have to set up the two uh, candidates going into the, in, into the battle in March. And the problem about Thomas Hitzelsberger's letter um, is that the president is, is his, I don't know the German word, Vorgesetzter, superior. superior. And it's, 
really unusual thing to attack your superior in an open letter and uh, using that harsh tone uh, Hitzesberger did. So most people were really shocked that he did a thing like that. And obviously he um, got aware that he made, at least regarding the tone, a mistake um, sending out this letter and because he then, in, in advance of the game, Stuttgart-Leipzig, he um, initiated a short meeting with uh, his rival and trying to ease the tense around the club. But, well, there, it seems there's more to come. It is a growing problem for the club. Well, Christoph, I think we need to perhaps also mention that in that letter, Thomas Hitzesberger was explaining that this wasn't a grab for power, but almost sort of a defensive mechanism. He felt that uh, Falkt was effectively, I think, abusing his abusing his position, um, having put in this uh, consulting agency um, with no real recourse to the rest of the club, with a unlimited budget. I think it was put or or, or costs that are spiraling out of control, and it. The way he described it was that it was necessary rather than a step that he wanted to take. What's your read of the situation? My impression is that um, he was very frustrated because this investigation, I think that was on the one hand side absolutely necessary to uh, pacify uh, the situation at the club. But I think uh, a lot of people inside the club had the impression that Klaus Vogt uh, tried to use this in investigation to collect as many information as he got as a kind of ammunition against people uh, in the club and so actually like that these uh, these these lawyer were uh, sniffing around everywhere to know about contracts uh, and so on although the club president is is a kind of uh, controlling power as oliver rightly said uh, there are also limitations for it and obviously klaus vogt was fr uh, frustrated by uh, the limitation uh, that the club rules uh, were setting. There was also inside the club the feeling that there is a kind of shadow cabinet of advisors and and people who uh, probably would like to to get jobs within the clubs themselves. And um, so it's it's a to me it's a it's it's a bit like the typical problems um, uh, the so-called uh, Traditionsvereine. Uh, traditional clubs have in Germany uh, with with people uh, flying around uh, clubs being advisors as former coaches former players uh, friends and 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 so on and uh, and I it's a bit frustrating I think for most of the um, Stuttgart uh, supporters and also the members of the club because on the one hand side I mean we have been talking about and praising Stuttgart for for their work in in recent months 
Netherlands, they're playing great football, they have a great team and so on. So everybody is happy. They had this fantastic win at, at, at Dortmund 5-1. And, and on the other hand side, Klaus Vogt is very popular uh, among uh, the supporters because they have the feeling that he, he knows uh, how a lot of the fans are thinking. Thomas Hitzelsberger was also very popular uh, among the fans. So I think there is, is almost a state of shock and deep frustration uh, that that behind this um, uh, facade of of, of uh, yeah success and and good atmosphere, there was such a, a deep going conflict brewing. Uh, the two of them, uh, Hitzesberger and Falk, talked. I think just before the game against uh, Leipzig, um, they both released statements saying that there had been constructive discussions, maybe pointing towards some kind of compromise. Oliver, how would that reconciliation actually work? Would it mean that Thomas Sitzesberger has to withdraw his candidacy or would would he somehow you know, leave Vogt in the job? I mean, w w what is the possible solution here? Well, it's uh, hard to say, actually, because uh, at the moment, nobody really seems to know what a solution could be. It, uh, you, it's hard to imagine that both stay at the club. And what we have to mention regarding this budget for the investigations of, of this agency, uh, this is covered by an insurance the club has. So these um, uh, accusations from Hitzesberger towards Vogt, uh, they are not really uh, striking because they, they have this insurance. But uh, at the moment, nobody seems to know what the solution can be. Many people say they can't imagine Hitzesberger to go on. Well, the problem is he can't be president and um, head of this Aufsichtsrat. Um, supervisory board. Supervisory board. And at the same time, uh, the, the head of the board of the, of the professional section. This is against the, the, the regulations and rules of German football. So not even that is um, really seems to be sorted out how, what construction they could find. To get this but at the moment it really seems the whole thing seems really stuck and uh, nobody knows what's next if they 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 had a, a brief talk in in advance of the game but the real talking has to take place now and quickly was as i said until the end of the month um, this um, uh, Beirat uh, uh, has to select the two uh, going into the battle on March 18th. It sounds very, um, very complicated and very it dangerous is. for... Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. yeah. Dangerous for Stuttgart's sporting development as well, because Hitzelsberger, of course, was the man and is the man responsible for much of the good things that's happened in, in recent months, uh, together with Sven Mislintat and Pellegrino Materazzo, they've they've really managed to turn the club around on the pitch. Does this mean that we might have to, you know, completely rearrange also the the sporting side if this this battle is being lost, as far as Thomas is concerned? Well, maybe that's that, that's uh, what has to happen. Well, regarding the achievements, you have to say that this. Um, uh, this this team has been selected from outside. So many say um, 
the 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 the, the, the talent uh, squad in Stuttgart grown here from the region as they had in the past uh, when the young wilds were really attracting attention uh, it's not the case they the, the second team uh, was relegated there's no um, talent player uh, uh, coming out of the academy and things like that so it has both two sides of this thing what is uh, apparent uh, is that the team is getting along much better in the first division than in the second division and that uh, they play some enchanting football uh, having problems doing the game really and doing really good in uh, fast counter attacks Hey, Christoph, uh, what's, what is your prediction of how this is going to go? I'm sure that they um, will find a way to, to, to sort, the, uh, sort out the conflict. And, and I found it interesting that um, Thomas Hitzelsberger took that way because he is, I wouldn't say he is a, a big Machiavellist or uh, somebody who is grabbing power. I think he was, he was sincerely desperate about the, the situation and sincerely frustrated that... Um, the good work that had been done uh, was in the danger to, to be destroyed. And I, I think you can uh, actually marvel at what, um, what had been done at, uh, at Stuttgart in the last two years um, to turn it completely around, to now have a team that plays very good football, whose value is, has been uh, uh, massively increased and uh, without spending too much money. So for me, it's a, a prime example how you uh, turn things around at, a, at a, a football club. So if he had the impression that uh, this was in danger, I think you have to uh, take it very seriously. But you asked me about the prediction and I, I would say they will uh, find a way to, to sort this out uh, because I think um, everyone uh, Hitzelsberger on the one hand side and Klaus Vogt on the other hand side um, uh, are shocked about the repercussions of what was going on and they both know that they have to find a way to, to sort this out. We'll await with interest how that, that battle for control in Swabia will play out. Um, thank you Oliver for You're dialing welcome. in and uh, I've got a feeling we'll speak to you again very soon. Okay, thank you for having me. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Right. So on the pitch, Stuttgart lost 1-0 at home to Leipzig. Leipzig up in the table. 
in in first place, but only until Bayern Munich played on Sunday night, uh, Kostov. And something very strange happened. Uh, they went down not just 1-0, which had happened seven times before, but actually 2-0, and they still came back for the first time since 1988, when a certain Hansi Flick was on the pitch playing for them. Um, <laughs> this was a classic situation of you don't want to poke the bear too much because he'll get angry and devour you in the second half. Is that what happened to Prince? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much so. But um, when you look at the match, br briefly after the beginning of the second half, Mainz had, could have easily scored, not easily, because Manuel Neuer was in goal, or uh, a third goal, and with a, a fantastic, uh, he fantastically deflected the, the ball. And um, so, so there would have been a fair chance that the bear would have been <laughs> much angrier, even uh, being 3 0 down. But then, uh, yeah, Bayern turned it around in, in style, I would say. So it it maybe it was a case of uh, uh, starting the new year uh, uh, forty five minutes late, but um, in the end they, yeah, they were pretty convincing. Why is it that Bayern starts so slowly? I mean, it, it's unusual. <laughs> I, I, it's unusual to go behind yeah, all I, I, the time. I, yeah, it's, uh, how many go, uh, matches are, are there in a row? Eight now, seven eight or now, eight. Yes, uh, seven one nils, and this is the eighth one. Yeah, it's it's um, I, I, nobody. I, I think nobody at at um, at Bayern has an a proper explanation for that. Uh, so somehow I think it's also the series at last has a, a bit to do. With chance, but um, uh, but the impressive thing is um, they lost none of these uh, uh, eight matches, and uh, so uh, so what? Whoever uh, will have the f um, feeling, um, so who will ever go one nil up against Bayern will surely have the feeling uh, it's not already done, or, or at least you you score your first goal and go one nil up in. Uh, minute 94 or so that that would be probably helpful yeah mine's under new management with christian heidel coming back uh, to the club that he helped build along with uh, jürgen klopp 20 years ago um martin schmidt the former mines coach is a new sporting director and the new coach will probably be bo svensson uh, about to be unveiled we think on tuesday he's now at liefering at the moment also a former mines player um, but on Sunday, Jan Sievert uh, was caretaker manager. Jan Sievert might still be a familiar name uh, to listeners from his time as David Wagner's uh, less than super successful successor at Huddersfield Town. But he very nearly pulled off, pulled off a great win. And I guess uh, what he did manage is to force Bayern into a change something that we hadn't seen since the latter stages of the Champions League, which is Joshua Kimmich back in the starting 11, going into the right uh, back slot for Benjamin Pavard, had a pretty poor game. Um, Christoph, that right back position, if there's anywhere that Bayern still have maybe some slight concern, is it is it that or is Benjamin Pavard usually... Just so solid that we don't have to think about that. I think he is not having the best season 
so far um, so that it was so so bad that Flick had to take him out at half time uh, is special but um, I think uh, his season so far has been uh, pretty disappointing but on the other hand side if you if you have the option to uh, put uh, uh, Joshua Kimmich there who who is uh, as able to play on this position as he is in in in, in midfield and and i think he um, that's another story but he i think he would also be a uh, of very uh, big help in the german national team on that position yeah but but what, what you see is um even if a player like pavar is struggling bayern has a lot of options to or at least a fantastic option to solve the problem yeah i think that's fair and also some signs perhaps that uh, leroy sané has taken some of the criticism to heart he looked at least superficially um more involved and perhaps more determined and committed to to do some of the defensive work um there is a story that i wrote just before christmas that looked at his numbers and they don't seem to be as bad as as the perception but of course the perception can create its own reality so i think just looking more busy uh, might have helped his case yeah i think the the interesting uh, thing about Leroy Sané in a way, he reminds me sometimes of uh, of Mesut Özil, uh, n- n- not in the way he's playing, obviously, but in the in the way his uh, he is perceived on the pitch, because his his uh, body language is is uh, very often not that what uh, most football fans like. So to to show your determination to everyone in the stadium, or n- nowadays not in the stadium, so at least in front of the telly. Uh, so he 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 very often looks more relaxed or and, and not in the game as he actually is. Uh, but yesterday, you're right. Um, the impression he was giving was different. He was also scoring a very very nice goal from outside the box. So uh, maybe things are turning around for him at Bayern now. Yeah, and maybe could we say the same about Jaden Sancho, I wonder? He scored a fine individual goal in Dortmund's 2-0 win over Wolfsburg. The goal yeah, that won for, uh, just have to think who's the coach at the moment. Yeah, Edin Terzic's team. <laughs> yeah, but, but but when you look at, at Dortmund, I think you're right. The comparison um, is, is correct. But uh, when, when you look at Dortmund, I... I, 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 I I had the impression that they, um, at least everybody, tried to work against the ball uh, at this Dortmund team yesterday. For example, also Marco Reus, who is is who always could do a bit more defensive work than he normally does. The same goes for Reina and for Sancho. Uh, but they all did it yesterday, and I um, and and I think that was the way how they could win a difficult match against a. A good Wolfsburg uh, a team, so so it it, it wasn't a, a fantastic match for for Borussia Dortmund, but but um, I had the impression that you could see uh, real improvements um, in in the in a in the field where they actually had some problems in in the past. So they looked more aggressive and more concentrated and more dedicated in the work against the ball. I think you're right, especially with Marco Reus, it was quite noticeable how how involved he was defensively. The one issue I had with his performance was that they still conceded a lot of chances. And I think Oliver Glasner was was frustrated saying we deserved more, but the amount of, of chances they created or 
you know, sometimes the, the final pass wasn't quite right. I mean, they did look for all the hard work up front still quite open. And that was with Mats Hummels individually having a very good game. So I still think that something isn't quite 100% with this team. Yeah, that's right. But they at least they are improving. And uh, most of the, the chances they were conceding were at the beginning of the match. Uh, they were pretty lucky to be not uh, 1-0 or even 2-0 down after 10 or 12 minutes. And uh, But then they got more into, into the game and um, Wolfsburg still had some chances, but not of their high quality like in, in the beginning. So, so I wouldn't say it's, it's a, a brilliant development or a fantastic step forward or so on but it's uh, at least you can see development and I think that's what um, Edin Terzic is um, is focusing uh, on and because if you if you have the uh, the foundation of your 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 game in defense if if you get that right you can maybe you can start to think about shining uh, again but yesterday it was a yeah, very much a laboured win, uh, but but you we 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 should uh, say that as a praise for Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, and that win takes Dortmund back into the Champions League places. They are fourth, just ahead of drumroll please Union Berlin, who won again and they won in style. Um, I might add, uh, away to Bremen two 0 Bremen almost without any chance. Uh, both in a in a literal sense, but also metaphorically. And Union played some really good stuff again, Christoph. We have been talking about it so often during this season. It's so so impressive how, um, how they do it, and and I'm 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 constantly Im, Im, uh, impressed by the um, by the uh, tactical decisions Urs Fischer and his teams are taking. So, for example, they for the first time I can remember they were uh, playing with two stri uh, strikers up front. Uh, the normal uh, winger Geraldo Becker and Taivo Avoni, who is on loan from Liverpool, they they played up front and and constantly one was coming, one was going deep, and and that was the way how they scored the first goal, and and then they got a, a second goal from a defensive error at uh, from um, Werder Bremen. And uh, as you said, um, Werder had some half chances, but that's uh, that's it. And yeah, and and you could see the um, the difference between a team struggling and they. We have been talking about Werder, and and they will be in the relegation uh, fight, I think, for 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 a long while. And a team that is uh, more than solid. Uh, they are actually uh, still very impressive and. We have to to uh, remember that they are uh, the player whom we have been seeing as the key player uh, for uh, Union yeah. this season. Max Kruse is out, and he will be out for at least four more weeks or so. And uh, yeah, but now they have some some pretty tough tests uh, to come. They will playing um, uh, Wolfsburg, they will playing Leipzig, and they will play Leverkusen. So <laughs> after that, we can we, we, we can talk about uh, uh, how far this will be going for them. Yeah, after that, they can get uh, the fans in to build those VIP boxes that they'll need for the Champions League. Yeah, uh, at least uh, they need some uh, uh, seats. I mean, uh, if they would qualify for international football, 
uh, at the Alte Försterei. I, I think they have like uh, three and a half or four thousand seats, and that's it. Uh, the rest is uh, a standing area, and um, so uh, they have. They, so I, I, I think it's it's too early to to think about it. But where do they play their international matches then? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a nice problem to have, and it's a problem yeah. that Schalke Schalke would love to have. I mean, the question is more where will they play their their games next season. Uh, in in what division um they lost again uh, it's almost uh, inevitable at this point uh, 3-0 at Hertha it's now 30 games without a win just one off that Tasmania Berlin record and some Tasmania Berlin fans even turned up supporting Schalke <laughs> because they said we want to keep our record that's the only thing we're known for please Schalke leave us uh, alone but the way things are going I think Schalke will will overtake them Uh, Christoph, last next week they play against Hoffenheim. Did you see any signs that under new manager Christian Gross, Schalke look look improved or have any any better chance of getting good results? No, full stop or no exclamation mark. It's no, it it, it looked like ever. I mean, ever before um, they had a decent start. They very uh, very often had a decent start uh, so far. So the 30, first uh, 30 minutes were pretty okay. We have seen that um, also in, in recent weeks and they conceded, sometimes they conceded a goal and they got frust uh, not frustrated, it's a wrong, they got depressed, heads hanging down and they got a second and in the end they could have been happy that it was only three and um, so nothing has changed um, so they what they will have is um, apart from the um, uh, from Christian Gross coming in as uh, the fourth manager of the season they um, they will get uh, some new players um, Seat Kolasinac comes on loan from uh, Arsenal he, he, he comes from the uh, Schalke Youth Academy so his connection to the club is not only professional but very emotional as well uh, I think he can he can help um, but they uh, especially need players up front because I mean they are as uh, dangerous as as the as a peace corps I mean they uh, almost uh, uh, don't create any chances they uh, they almost uh, score no goals and and so on and so on and um, so uh, with the personnel they have right now they don't have any chance to stay up that got me um, quite uh Depressed and demoralized, I was hoping for a bit more optimism from you, um, Christoph, about Schalke. Can we uh, be a bit more optimistic about Hertha? For them, it was a big game as well, because Bruno Labbadia coming under some pressure, Michael Preetz, the sporting director, also coming under some pressure after all the money that they spent in, in the last 12 months or so. They were going towards the wrong end of the table, and it seemed like the sort of win that will buy Bruno some time. Um, big players turned up for him. Matthias Cunha, who he'd been publicly criticizing, had a very good game. Uh, the sort of game that um, will convince Lars Vintos, the investor, to to stick or to it's not his decision ultimately, but to uh, maybe relieve some of the the pressure on the people working for him. Yeah, I, I think that wouldn't be too early. I, I, I think um, uh, for for Hertha, it it was. Um, a game that you had to win 
Um, they did it, I wouldn't say they did it in style or, or very convincingly. Um, I mean, we, we've been talking about the Schalke situation and the pattern of their matches. Uh, if you ever manage to score a goal against them, um, uh, you'll be fine in the end. And um, and um, I, I was not, not very impressed by, by Hertha's uh, performance. I mean, they did some nice uh, things when uh, Schalke was already defeated, but um, I, I think we have to wait if that was a kind of turning point uh, or, or not. Um, uh, so so far, they they have have been a lot of talks about uh, a process and development and and so on. Um, but but uh, honestly, um, I. I, I I don't see the big uh, improvement so so far, but but let's see. Uh, that's something uh, uh, to wait for. Uh, if 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 now things have clicked, or if we see setbacks in in weeks to come. Well, lastly, before we go, we have to talk about a a pretty big setback for Leverkusen under Peter Boss. They you remember lost the last game of 2020 in in very very unfortunate fashion, very late on against. Bayern. Uh, this time they went to Frankfurt and took the lead through a wonderful goal from Nadim uh, Amiri, which is really worth checking out on YouTube, but then conceded twice to lose 2-1 at Frankfurt. And Peter Bosch afterwards saying, we are not a very good team. We're not a team of capable winning the league because good teams don't lose twice in a row. Is that now Leverkusen out? They are five points behind uh, Bayern at the moment, Christoph. I found it interesting how harsh Peter Bosch was. And uh, he was actually very frustrated because um, they uh, fully deserved losing um, at Frankfurt. And uh, everybody at Leverkusen was uh, frustrated about the the performance that was um, surely the worst of, of the season so far. I mean, but but we have said that in, in uh, some some weeks ago when Leverkusen was the team that was uh, on the one hand side playing nice football and on the other hand side was uh, 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 one of the two was together with Wolfsburg who had, hadn't been uh, losing. I, I, I couldn't see them as uh, real contenders uh, for, for the German title. I, I, um, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to see uh, how they de have developed as a team. I, I, it's impressive to see um, how they continued um, the quality of the game uh, after losing Kai Havertz to uh, Chelsea. Uh, but uh, I think there is a quality gap to the top teams, to Bayern, also to Leipzig, and maybe even to, uh, to Borussia Dortmund. So, if um, Leverkusen comes in fourth at, uh, at the end of the season, I think um, maybe they 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 will be a bit frustrated because they were aiming higher. But uh, on the other hand side, I think uh, to to qualify for next year's Champions League, I I, I think should be their uh, their main target. Yeah, I think I think that's right. And what was once again fairly obvious is that defensively they. They don't quite have the individual quality, especially with some of their normal fullbacks out in this game, but also the organization uh, at times. I mean, Peter Bosch blamed uh, a lack of mentality 
which is one of our favorite subjects here on this <laughs> but um they were just all over the place i mean i don't know if you've if you've looked at the first goal they conceded quite closely but both um Tapsuba and jonathan tar are basically 30 meters ahead of the other defenders and by the time the pass is, is played through i think you have amiri tracking back next to uh dragovic so yeah, not um, not the kind of defensive solidity I think that you need if you want to be anywhere near uh, the top, the very top of the Bundesliga, I should say. Yeah, I mean it, it, nowadays it's 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 part of 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 the defending with many teams uh, that uh, central defenders are, are st uh, sticking out very far from their normal position to to go after strikers. Um, so a lot of teams do it, but not. Um, uh, simultaneously all of them <laughs> and leaving <laughs> leaving uh, oceans of space behind them so um i know i um and i think that's something that uh, especially a coach like peter bosch is um frustrates him uh, because normally his his teams are very well organized and don't uh, do this kind of errors yeah but there's always a risk factor attached as well to his game which i thought that Leverkusen had toned down a little bit, uh, but this was a bit of a lapse into some of the more wilder games we had seen with Dortmund. It, it uh, reminded me a little bit how, you know, the back four Dortmund regularly sort of disintegrated in their attempts to, as you said, chase the ball or defend on the front foot. That seemed to have happened in in, in the game against Frankfurt. Um, Frankfurt up in eight for that win, an important win for Adi Hütter to suggest that he is slowly maybe developing a distinct style after the uh, departure of the big three names, which is now one and a half years ago, but still it feels that Frankfurt have never quite recovered from um, that loss of Jovic and Rebic and Sebastian Allaire up front. Maybe signs that things are beginning to click. And we should just mention that uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, after some pretty average results managed just about to beat Bielefeld 1-0 to stick close to the top European places there in seventh 21 points four behind Dortmund in fourth so still all to play for still pretty chaotic if you if you will or unpredictable as as has come to be the norm behind Bayern and Leipzig I think those two look the most settled sides Bayern in top with 33 points and Leipzig in 31. And next week, we'll have exciting news of a bit of a showdown. Bayern traveling to Gladbach, one of the classics of the Bundesliga, before their Klassiker was invented by the marketing team. Should be very interesting. And I hope that we'll see and hear each other, more likely, again, dear listener, when you tune in for next week's Starcast episode. That's it for today. Thank you very much, Oliver. Thank you very much, Christoph. And thank you for tuning in. We'll catch up with you next week. Bye-bye. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.